and welcome to another great message from Mr. Christian Outreach Church. We pray you'll be inspired and equipped by this teaching. For more information on Noosa Christian Outreach Church, please check out our website at noosacoc.org.au. Enjoy. Thank you, Angela. Why don't you say to the person next to you, there's a good looking man up there. I'm not hearing a lot of people saying those words. You know, I get the impression that uh, God wants to deal with fear this morning. And, uh, you, know, I, you know, it's interesting that Jody said, uh, you know, in worship we need to open our arms up. You know, and, and sometimes we don't feel like opening up our arms. And, and the, the reality is... You know, the, the physical significance of opening your arms up is that you are, you are opening yourself up not only to see but to be seen. And sometimes we can't see the brokenness in our own lives until we open ourselves up and, and to see what God... Sometimes our, our, our protective mechanisms can block us from seeing our own brokenness and when we can't see it, God can't deal with it because we need to submit it to him so that he can have his way in our lives. And that's the beginning of breaking through free, fear. You know, we, you know it's, it, the Bible says, blessed are those who mourn. Sometimes, you know, when we see, when we see our own brokenness, we're, we're blessed because now we can submit it to the giver of life, to the author and the finisher of our faith. So I think, I think that we're going to deal with some fear this morning. About 10 years ago, I... Uh, I made a coffee table. Now, it was a beautiful piece of carpentry. Beautiful. Kristen put up with it for about five years. Now it actually is outside and uh, provides a home for the spiders and, and uh, other beautiful Queensland creatures. Now, I put a lot of effort into this coffee table. And... It's when, when I built it, when I, I designed it, I built it, you know, I, I lacquered it, I finished it. And ever since building that coffee table, I've got a love for these things. Does anyone know what this is? Does anyone not know what this is? Because I know some of you don't know because you've come to my house and you haven't put this under your glass when you've put it on my coffee table. So this morning I want to introduce you to the coaster. The coaster is one of the greatest signs of respect that you can give someone when you enter their home. For a few years there, I would walk around our house following people as they would put their glass down. I would quickly slide it under and put, a, put the cup on, on top of it. it. It became a little bit of an illness to the point where it was an obsession. I'm released of that now. Praise the Lord. However, however, when somebody does come to our home and I see them put a coaster under their cup, I acknowledge a person of integrity is before me. (laughs) There is a person of substance. There is a person who has seen the effort and the intention and the preparation that I put into that coffee table and they're honouring what I have done for them by putting the coaster under the cup. It's good preaching. 
You know, I, we have a, I have a, some Italian families. I have one Italian family, in, and uh, the majority of them live in Rome. And and uh, when Krista and I are over there, we go there for family lunch. And uh, every there's there's like there's six, seven course. I don't know how many courses. It's just like a big blur of, you know, of um, of food and celebration when we go there. And and every piece of Every, uh, every meal, every course, every item of food has a story attached to it. These tomatoes were picked by, by my, uh, you know, my friend who, you know, over here at there. And he's, you know, he's that, the, 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 uh, the, the grapes for this, for this wine that we've got, you know, they've been in the family for a thousand years. And the, and the original vine is still there. And the, these strawberries were plucked and prayed for, every one of them before the statue of Mary and all these sorts of things. Whatever, you know, there's a story attached to every, every item. And the care and the love and this recipe for the, for the pasta sauce goes back for generations upon generations and, and so much love and so much care has gone into it. And when you know this, you do not say no to any meal. Do you? You don't say no to any course. You just say, si, grazie, thank you. Yes, thank you, more, give me some more, you know. It's interesting when we know the effort and the preparation that has gone into something, whether we accept it or not. When you go to someone's house and out of politeness or maybe a bit of intimidation or, you know, or you, maybe you're going through something, you say uh, someone, someone offers you something before the meal or whatever it is and you say, oh, no, no, I'm okay, thank you. And you think, you think that by saying no that you're being nice to them that you're being polite. You're saying, no, don't, don't worry about me. Don't, don't bother. I'm okay. Don't worry about me. Here's the greatest gift that you can give someone when they do invite you to their home is say yes. This, these, these people have prepared a meal for you. They've prepared, you know, some nibblies before the meal. You know, they've prepared these things. And, and one of the greatest gifts that you can give them is to receive their gift well. It's interesting, when one of the greatest gifts you can give to me when you come to my house, put your cup on a coaster. I'm not probably going to cook your amazing meal, but hey, I, I, I built that table. Why don't you say to the person next to you, godliness. You see, today we're adding godliness to our lives. We've created a a, uh, a definition of godliness with our fearless teaching, preaching team that goes something like this. Devoting your whole life to bring honour to the name of God. So our goal in adding godliness to our life is it's not some task, some behavioural task. It's, it's how, do I, how does my life, how can my life bring honour to the name of God? If, if you work for the President of the United States, um, you know, if you work in his office and he asks you to do something, your general response, if you would know if you've watched the West Wing series, is that I work at the pleasure of the President. I work at the pleasure of the President. You may not want to do what he's asked you to do, but, when you, but, when, but your job is to work at the pleasure of the President. You see, one of the things that we can do that, that um, brings honour and glory to the name of God is to live a life that bring, brings him pleasure. And here's the thing. You may think that your behaviour 
brings him pleasure. You may think that you behaving yourself brings him pleasure. Do you know what brings God pleasure? When you accept the gifts that he has prepared for you. This is what brings him pleasure. You know, God's saying, I've done all these amazing things for you. I've given you everything that pertains to life and godliness. I've given you all these gifts. I gave you my son. He's saying, the greatest gift that you can give to me is accept that. Accept the gift that I have given you. says in we we read in our key verse for this year in second peter one that he wants to supply for us an abundant entrance he doesn't want us to have an average entrance he doesn't want us to just stumble across the line he wants us to have an abundant entrance and it doesn't mean you know wearing a tighter church it doesn't mean you know not smoking cigarettes it doesn't mean you know eating healthy and cleaning and it doesn't mean putting the whole armor of god on before you go get out of bed every morning it doesn't mean all those things it means walking in and accepting his gifts each and every day of your life. He says his mercies are new every morning. Do you accept his mercies every morning? He says his grace is sufficient. Do you accept that his gra- that gift of grace is sufficient over your life? Colossians 3, 15 to 17 says this. Let the peace of God rule in your heart which you were also called in one body and be thankful that the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord and whatever you do in word or deed do all in the name of the Lord Jesus giving thanks to God the Father through him whatever you do in word or deed do all in the name of the Lord Jesus giving thanks to God, the Father, through him. One of the battles that we face, I think, as, as believers, is, is we think that we know what God wants. You know when you, you, go, to, you go to someone's house and you, you don't think, you think, it's okay, I ate before I came, don't worry, I'm, you know, I'm not hungry anymore, I've already eaten. You know, and, but they've prepared this amazing meal for you. They've prepared this meal for you, but you say, no, no, it's okay, I've already eaten. And God says, hey, I've got this amazing grace for you. I've got this amazing mercy for you. I've got this amazing eternal, for you, eternal life for you. I've, I, you know, and it's, it's, we're saying, hey, it's okay, God. I've, I've already got it all taken care of. I'm doing my best. I've, you know, I, I, I dealt, I'm dealing with my life as I go. And he's saying, I've, I've prepared something for you. I have this substantial eternal life for you. Psalm 23 says this, it says, He has prepared a table before us in the presence of our enemies. Here's this table, He's prepared it for us in the presence of our enemies. And here's a picture of our lives. Life's happening, there's a few family dramas, a few squabbles, a few financial challenges, some terror threats around the world, bizarre presidential election going on over there. Over in the in the other, in the Americans in the Americas, there's all these strange things. There's all these things that are challenging you: economics, finance, relationship, all these different things that are around you. And in the midst of all these things, God has prepared a table for you. 
And he's saying, will you sit and will you dine and will you partake of the things that I have prepared for you? Or will you sit at the table? This is what I believe sometimes we do. We sit at the table with the Lord, but we're consumed with all the things that are around us. He's saying, why are you sitting at my table, but not partaking of what I've prepared for you? Why are you sitting at my table and and are focused on the fears and the unbelief and the lack and the challenges that are all around you? Because when you have me, when you are partaking of the gift that I have given you, all those things are irrelevant. He's saying you're riding along in a dinghy and there's six meter waves. You're riding along in a dinghy and there's six metre waves. Those waves are a bit of a deal when you're in a dinghy. But when you get out of the dinghy and you get into the aircraft carrier with the Lord, those six metre waves no longer concern you. And he's saying, why are you sitting on an aircraft carrier and worrying about those little six metre waves that are around you? He's saying, I am enough. I am enough. Isn't the name of Jesus wonderful? It's interesting that we sang that song this morning. Isn't the name of Jesus wonderful? So how do we, you know, how do we bring honor? How do we bring glory to the name of the Lord? How do we add godliness to our life? How do we add these to our lives? We, we, you know, we live according to the culture of heaven, according to the kingdom of God, not according to the ways of man. And for us, it's not a set of, it's not a, set, it's not a system of behaviours, it's a relationship. Do you notice the difference? We can, we can have, uh, we can have a, a set of behaviours that, that, that declare us Christians. Or we can have a relationship that declares us the children of God. And let me tell you, the, 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 your behaviours... They do bring um, glory and honour to the name of God, but, but the limitation of those behaviours is the limitation of the day that you're having. If you're having a bad day, you don't bring glory to the Lord. If you're having a good day, you bring lots of glory to the Lord. He's saying, that's really, you know, he's saying, what brings glory to me is when you're having a bad day and you still accept the gift that I have given you and you walk according to that gift, not according to the day that you're having. So it begins with knowing God and accepting all of Him. In, in the book of John, in the Gospel of John, let's take a step back. In Exodus 3, um, Moses is having a chat with God and God says, Hey, can you go and you know, be the guy who sets my people free from, from slavery in, in Egypt? And Moses says to God, Well, who should I say has sent me? And God says to Moses, Tell them that I am. Has sent you. I am has sent you. The Lord calls himself I am. And we want to get to know the great I am because we want to walk according to his culture, according to his heart, according to his desires, according to his strengths, according to his gifts. So how do we get to know the great I am? Well, you know, you've heard of the seven I am's of Jesus probably. In, in the book of John, Jesus says I am seven times. And, there's, and I want to hit those seven things very quickly this morning and encourage you that we give glory by accepting the gifts of the person of Jesus. We, as we accept the person of Jesus, then we get liberated, we get free, and God gets glorified at the same time. You see, what, 
What glorifies God is not you getting rich, not you singing songs, but you living in the gift that he has given you. When you're free, no matter what's going on around you, you're free. This year, our our vision is follow Christ to freedom. And how do we do that? Well, let's look at the great I am's. Jesus says, first one, John 6.35, he says, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Who knows that nothing satisfies like bread? Unfortunately, nothing satisfies like bread. Who's paid the price that nothing satisfies like bread? Hands down. My, grand, my grandfather, no, no, he's, a, he's an Italian. He makes this sweet Italian bread called panettone. And, um, and we, you know, we, we live over in the, in the, on the eastern seaboard and... and uh, he lives, on, he lives in Fremantle in, in WA. So he cooks it over there and we eat the packet stuff over here, which is not bad. You know, comes out every Christmas, but man, I pay for it every Christmas. Hey, because, you know, it's Christmas. I roll into Christmas about 85 kilo and about, you know, about January the 3rd, I'm about 95 kilo. And i uh, got to start training again to, to wear off all the, all the... But man, does it satisfy the, the problem with bread, the human bread, is that I'll eat a piece today and then tomorrow, man, I just, I'm not satisfied anymore. Do you ever notice when you eat food that's unhealthy for you, you wake up in the morning starving? Is that, is that how it works for you? For me, if I eat the wrong food, I wake up in the morning super hungry. But if I eat good food, I wake up in the morning okay. And God's saying, hey, I am the bread of life. We, we go through life looking for satisfaction. I'm not satisfied. I'm not satisfied with my wardrobe right now. I'm not satisfied with my vehicle. I'm not satisfied with, with my wife or husband. I'm not satisfied with my friends, with my church, with my job. I'm not satisfied. I'm not satisfied. And he's saying, hello, only I can satisfy. I am the bread of life. I am the substance of life. I am exactly what you need. You know, Jesus, he fed the physically hungry, but his greatest concern was for the spiritual hunger of the people. You know, in Australia, most, more people die from, from loneliness, depression, you know, uh, lack of motivation than they do of actual physical hunger in Australia because there's a spiritual hunger that burns deeper in the West than any other form of hunger. And Jesus is saying, I know what you're looking for and it's right here. Why? Because I am the bread of life. John 8, 32, he says, I am the light of the world. What are people looking for in life these days? They're looking for clarity. And when you can't find clarity, you go in the opposite direction. I don't know what I'm doing in life. So, you know, the the Bible says live sober-minded. You know, we think being sober is not being drunk. But the reality is, what does drunkenness do? It clouds your ability to see, when it, see physically, see morally, see, in, all these, see in, in, in every aspect of clarity gets taken away from you. Who knows that drinking alcohol is not the only thing that robs you of clarity? So when the Bible says live soberly, it's not talking about not drinking. It's talking about making sure that you don't allow anything to take the clarity that I can give you away. He says, because I am the light of the world. Nothing brings clarity like light. You can turn a light on in your home, but nothing brings clarity like walking outside and looking at something in the sun. There's a a sense of clarity that no manufactured light can ever give you. 
I am the light of the world. A lot of us don't have clarity in life, do we? And he's saying, you need to seek me because that's who I am. He's saying, I am the light. I am clarity. And then he says, I am the door. I don't know about you, but every building I've ever been into has a door, has an entrance attached to it. And Jesus says to you, he's saying, you know, behold, the kingdom of God is at hand. He's saying, and I am the door. I am the access point. Jesus wants to give us access. You notice how, you, you, you know, if you go to a concert and you know someone who knows someone, you can get an all access pass to the backstage to meet the talent, to do the things. Jesus is saying, I am access. I am the access. If you get to know me, it's not what you know, it's who you know. And if you get to know me, you will have an all access pass to the kingdom of God. That's what we need, isn't it? We need access. We need access to talk to the right people at the right time. We need access to the, to the people who can add the capital to our venture. We need the, we need, we need the access to, to talk to the right people to get our vision off the ground. Jesus is saying, I am access. I am the door. Fourth, Jesus says, I am the true vine. He says this in John 15, 1. He's having his last meal with his disciples, saying all these wonderful things, and he's saying, I am the vine, and you are the branches. Notice people in life these days are looking for, for substance or for source or for, for a source of life. You know, we're looking for energy, aren't we? I don't know about you, but I need energy to do the things that I'm doing. And, you know, I... For me, I eat, on average, three meals a day. And uh, that gives my body enough energy to do what it needs to do so that I can fulfill what I need to fulfill. I want to ask you this morning, how, you know, how, much, how much do you energize your spirit, man, compared to your physical person? With three meals a day, I love, I love Daniel. He says he prayed three times a day. You know, he prayed in the morning, in the midday, and in the evening. He, three times a day, he pointed his, pointed his chair towards Jerusalem at the window, and he prayed to the king of all kings to energize his spiritual man. Jesus is saying, I am the vine. If you, you need to get re-energized. You need to find substance. You need to, find, you need to make sure that who I am is flowing through your veins because when you're tapped into me... That's when you'll produce fruit. I am the vine. Then he goes on, he says, I am the good shepherd, fifth. The Bible says all we like sheep have gone astray. What are shepherds about? They're about direction. Jeez, you know, I, I love Psalm 23. He says, it says, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Isn't it interesting that the rod and the staff, because sometimes, you know, to... Shepherds are about getting you to the, to the good paddock, getting you to the water and keeping you safe from the thistles and from the wolves. That's pretty well what shepherds do, don't they? And sometimes you need a little poke, sometimes you need a little tug. So sometimes, you know, when, when it's the staff, you've got the hook and he's pulling you out of a thistle or pulling you away from a wolf. Sometimes you get the poke and he's poking you along to find some better pasture or some water. Now, the sheep are looking at the, at the shepherd you know, they, don't re- they go, oh, look, some amazing pasture. Look, there it is in front of us. They don't realize that that annoying guy poking them at the back all the time is pushing them towards something amazing. 
He's sometimes God's doing some amazing things in your life. He's poking you in a direction. He's pulling you out of situations. And, and it just feels annoying at the time. But all of a sudden, just miraculously, you appear in this amazing job or you meet this amazing person or some great thing happens in your life or you, or you, just, missed a, you, know, you just missed having an accident or all these things. And, and, and we don't realise that something that we find sometimes slightly annoying is the greatest blessing that we could ever imagine. Because he's prodding you, he's pulling you, he's pushing you into greatness, he's pulling you out of things that are detrimental to your health. He is the great shepherd. The shepherd lives with his sheep, doesn't leave them, he's with them all the time. Hey, the shepherd, he says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. He says, I might annoy your flesh because I'm going to poke you and and pull you in and out of um, good and bad situations, but I will never leave you. And I will never forsake you. And I will always take you somewhere great. This is who I am. I am the great shepherd. Sixth, he says, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. What does he offer us? He offers us eternal life. We're desperate for God to give us things on earth. But he's saying the greatest thing that you can accept is that you are now eternal because you have me. It's amazing how much energy we put in these days trying to add another five or ten years to our lives. You know, if you think about health and exercise and, and, you know, positive thinking and all those things to de-stress and declutter and all those things in your life that may add a few years to your life. And he's saying, how about you spend a little bit more time preparing yourself for that abundant entrance that I'm about to supply you into eternal life. Because when you understand eternal life, then you will be free from the burdens of this life. We're trying to look for earthly ways to get free from the burdens of earthly life. And he says, the way that you get free of the burdens of earth is to keep your eyes focused on the resurrection and the life because there is no situation that you've walked through or are walking through that I cannot resurrect. I can resurrect anything. Lazarus, Lazarus, his friend has died and people are mourning already. And Jesus says, what are you worried about? He raises him from the dead. And he says, hey, it's good. I'm the resurrection and the life. If you know me, if you know who I am, if you're part of my family, though you may die, you will surely live anyway. You are free. It may not feel free, but you are free. And the last one, he says this. In case all those didn't solve your problem, he says... I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Just in case you could think of anything else that kind of was outside of him, he's pretty well covered the rest of them right there, didn't he? He says, I'm, you know, he says, you know, I, I'm the direction. I'm the, the accuracy of that direction. And I am the end result once you get to the destination. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. This is how we come to to God. You know, the Holy Spirit softens our heart at some point. He he disrupts our life. You might be driving along. might be someone you work with. You might be going through a tough time and you seek help. God, at some point in our lives, he reveals himself to us and we're drawn to him. He is the way. He is the way that, that, that that um, that you are introduced to him. 
we always think that, ah, oh, it's that, you know, so-and-so led me to the Lord. So, God led you to the Lord through so-and-so. It's an amazing, you know, my, I, I, you know I, I, I've, discovered, I've discovered the answer. I've been reading all these books. I've, I've, you know, I've, I've read all these books on leadership and health and, and family and all these things, and I've discovered the truth. Who knows that all truth is God's truth? If you happen to bump into some truth outside of the Word of God and outside of the revelation of God, it's, it was always His truth. Someone else just bumped into it. He's saying, hey, if there's truth and it's actual truth, it's mine. I am the way. I am the truth. And I am the life. It's interesting how we live for, we live for our day off. We live for our holidays. We live for you know, our meals. We, you know, when we go on holidays... We tend to, you know, eat breakfast, and then breakfast is about planning, you know, the journey between breakfast and lunch. And then lunch is about, oh, let's go and let's find, you know, what is a, what could we do for dinner? Let's get on the urban spoon and see what's great. Let's see what's coming up, or, or where, where's the great coffee? You know, have you got on the, the, the Bean app and whatever it is, and, and found the best coffee in town, and la da da da, and all these things. You know, we th- we think our life lives and breathes out of our stomach out of our personal satisfaction, he's saying, man, you guys are missing the picture. He's saying, I created all that food. He's saying, I created all those people who made all that food. He's saying, I'm the life. There is no solution. There is no answer. There is no remedy that lasts outside of him. I am. I am. Satisfaction, clarity, access, the source, direction, eternal life. I am everything. I am the bread of life. I will bring you satisfaction. I am the light of the world. I will give you clarity. I am the door. I will give you access. I am the true vine. I will give you substance. I am the good shepherd. I will give you direction. I am the resurrection and the life. I will give you eternal life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I will give you everything. I am. You see, we add godliness to our lives when we're looking for satisfaction and the place that we go is to the bread of life. We add godliness to our lives when we're looking for clarity, we go to the light of the world. We add godliness to our lives when we're looking for access, we go to the door, the door of Jesus. We add godliness to our lives when we're looking for substance, we're looking for source, when we go to the good vine, the true vine. We add godliness when we're looking for direction, when we go to the good shepherd. We add godliness to our lives when we're looking for something that's lasting, something that's tangible, something that will go on beyond this moment when we go to the resurrection and the life. And we add godliness to our lives when we're looking for answers, when we're looking for substance, when we're looking for something in the chaos, when we go to the way, the truth and the life. This is how we add godliness to our lives. We don't add it by giving ourselves a list of behaviours. We add it by going to receive the gifts that he has given you. And he says, how do you honour my name? How do you glorify my name? Accept direction when you're looking for it because I am the answer to that question. Accept the light of the world when you're looking for clarity. Accept the substance of heaven when you're looking for energy. 
Sometimes we're lacking in energy and we're looking for supplements. We're looking for supplements that we can take each day and he's saying, I am the energy that you need. I am the source. When you're tapped into the vine, the the energy, the substance, the source that you need comes from somewhere that's everlasting that won't run out. So I've got some homework for you this week. If you want to... uh, if you, if you want to do the homework, you can grab one of the, the um, pamphlets in front of the seat there that's, that uh, has all the answers to every problem in life there. That, uh... Here's the thing. We've got a lot of things that we want to seek God on. You know, we need wisdom for this. We need answers for that. We need direction over here. We need clarity for this. We need, we need all these things from God. And I want to submit to you a concept this for, for, for you to do this week. And this is it. Seven I am's of Jesus. He says, I am seven times. The bread of life, the light of the world, the door, the true vine, the good shepherd, the resurrection of life, the way, the truth, and the life. Seven of those. Guess what? There's seven days in every week. You can see where I'm headed with this. This is what I want you to do. Each day, take a moment and contemplate one of the I am's that Jesus said. Don't try to solve anything. Don't try to ask him for anything. If you're going to pray for something, if you're going to ask him to do something for you, just save that for another time in the day. Do that some other time. What I want you to do is I don't want you to try to solve anything. I want you to try to get to know the great I am. Don't, don't you know, we don't worship God so that we can get to God giving us stuff. We worship God because he's worthy of all our praise. We don't, we don't always pray because we're asking for something. Sometimes we just want to contemplate the greatness of our God. Now, he, he's given you things to contemplate. There's scriptures, there's scriptures that are attached to each of those I am statements of Jesus. You can read around those. There's a, there's a story and an adventure part of Jesus' life attached to each of those statements. So just spend five minutes each day, longer if you need, and just contemplate the greatness of our God contemplate who he says he is because who he is is exactly the liberation that you need you see what you're doing when you're contemplating him is you're getting out of the dinghy and you're stepping onto the aircraft carrier you're saying he says i am the bread of life so when you contemplate christ as the bread of life you know he who he who partakes of me will never hunger or thirst again. When, when you contemplate that, you go, okay, Lord, show me this aspect of you. Read around it. You know, consider it, contemplate it, and then thank God for that aspect of his identity. You with me on that? Each day, one of the I am's of Jesus, and that's how we'll add godliness to our lives. I don't want to give you the task of behaving better. I want to give you the task of getting to know the king of all kings. Because as you get to know the king, you can bring him honor. Sometimes we try to bring honor to people without knowing them properly. You know when someone gives you a gift who doesn't really know you that well? Has anyone ever given you a gift and you kind of go, Hey, thank you. I'll put that uh, in file 13. As we get to know God, we glorify Him because we know what He wants. And do you know what He wants? He wants you to accept the gifts that He has given you. 
He wants you to accept satisfaction in him. He wants you to accept a clear, sober thinking that he has. He wants you to accept the the substance of heaven. He wants you to accept the direction of heaven. He wants you to accept eternal life. And he wants you to accept that he is the answer and and the liberator of every good thing. Why don't you stand with me this morning? I just want to pray for you all this morning. Before you do, just why doesn't everyone bow their heads and close their eyes? The beginning of the beginning of getting to know Jesus is accepting Him as your Savior. He says, "I've come to give you life and life abundantly," and we access that life by receiving Him as our Savior and Lord. We access that life, that relationship. With, with, our, with, with the Lord by confessing that, that we need Him, that we're broken, that we're sinners and accepting that gift of eternal life as we, as we understand that God sent Jesus to the earth so that He could die and be raised from the dead and liberate us from all sin. So if that's you this morning, if you want to know Christ as your Savior, why don't you take this moment and raise your hand? Why don't you declare this morning amongst us, no one watching, I'm the only one here, only, only one watching this morning. If that's you this morning, why don't you raise your hand and say, Lord, I want to give you my life. I want to begin the process of relationship with you. If that's you, why don't you raise your hand this morning? Thank you, Lord. And for those of you this morning who want to add godliness to their lives I want to add godliness to my life I want, to, I want my life I want to devote my life to bringing glory and honour to his name because his name is the name above every other name and the way I honour his name is by getting up every day and saying thank you Lord for those great gifts I accept them this morning I accept clarity I accept the satisfaction of heaven I accept direction Lord I accept eternal life I accept all of you into my life and I take my yesterdays and submit them to the gifts of the great I am's of Jesus if that's you this morning if you want to give if you want to add godliness if you want to devote your life to adding to giving glory to his name why don't you put your hand on your heart and let me pray with you father we thank you we thank you that you are the giver of life we thank you that you are the i am to whatever we're walking through thank you that you are the perfect answer we thank you that you are the way that you are the truth and the life We thank you that you are the bread of life, Lord. We thank you that that you are the the light of the world, the resurrection and the life, Lord. We thank you, Father. We thank you that you're the great shepherd. And we want to give you glory this morning. So as we sit at the table that you have prepared for us, Lord, Lord, we want to partake of those great things, Lord. Lord, where where we have accepted salvation but still try to live our way, Lord, we just lay that down this morning and we take up a new confidence, Lord, to accept every day your mercies, to accept those gifts, to accept those abundant blessings and to walk in your favour and your goodness. So for every heart that has a hand on it this morning, Lord, I ask that you would impart a new confidence 
a new clarity, Lord, that you would impart a new sense of satisfaction, Lord, that you would impart a, a new aspect of your identity for them to receive. And Lord, as we go, Lord, we go with the reminder that you are enough. In fact, you are more than enough. You are all. And we thank you that as we call upon you, you are faithful. That you will never leave us nor forsake us. And we submit our lives to you now in the mighty name of Jesus. And all the people of God said together, Amen. Come on, church.